0: So it just became harder to find time to connect, Mm. to talk about anything other than baby's bums, changing nappies, like who's cooking dinner, who's doing the shopping. It started to feel like roommates.
1: Welcome back to First Time Parents. We are sharing our journey as first time parents three and a half years after having our baby with you, been given a front row seat into our relationship but today isn't about our relationship or our relationship therapy session which we've been giving you over the last week. Today is about a couple called Ashton and Adam and what I loved about this couple is when they slid into my DMs when we asked for you to jump on you know the show and talk to us is that they have been on a journey of coming back together as a couple and not just being mum and dad and housemates and that really really landed for me because I think sometimes that is what you kind of feel like you're doing
2: yeah I think it's easy to fall into that trap because you you probably forget about each other as we've been with our journey and it's all about the kid so you just sort of go about your own business and I think with that you do start to grow apart and change your relationship so I think it's quite relatable
1: Which we've been sharing on this podcast.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, today wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, kitchenlanguage.com.au. If you want to get around them, we'll throw the link in show notes, but kitchenlanguage.com.au. If you use the code LOVE, you will receive free shipping. Uh, You just want to jump on Stalk Simone, the sweary bitch, and all of her sweary um, gifts for him and her uh, that you could actually buy your loving couple. What was it that I got you, cutie?
2: Or oh, you got the apron?
1: What What did the apron say? And maybe um,
2: yeah. Close your ears if, uh... <laughs> close
1: your ears if you've got kids. or quickly turn it off now. What was it? Was it um? Look at yourself. You see you next Tuesday. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gifts like that that are a bit of a laugh.
2: Yeah, lighthearted, bit of a laugh, just to break the mood. I think.
1: I mean, doesn't everyone say that to their partner in the kitchen? Pretty much. So jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au. Today wouldn't be possible without our our sweary bitch Simone getting around this podcast, kitchenlanguage.com.au. Love for free shipping. Let's get into today's episode. Let's get straight into it. Can you... Guys, welcome, firstly. Hello, hello, hello. Um, But can you give us um, just a reflection of, because I loved your piece on Mamma Mia, how you described your relationship, Ashton, and just where you guys were sitting, you know, as a couple after your second child. Can you just paint the picture for all of us where you and Adam were
0: so that we can now understand how we can get to where you are today? Yes, yeah. Well, Wow, where were we, babe? We were talking Mm -hmm. about it the other day, weren't we? Yeah. Um, We were in a really hard place and I feel like anyone who goes from one to two kids really gets what we mean. Like having one kid is a stretch. It it changes you. It's the greatest spiritual initiation you've ever been through. Like we thought we'd done some personal work. I really thought I'd done some personal development work. And I'm like Mm -hmm. to all my friends who don't have kids, I'm like, yeah, just wait till you have kids. Like that's when the real work starts. Yeah. Um, so we really felt that the first time around, but I think we were able to kind of compensate for it a little bit because there was two of us and only one child. So, you know, there were still definitely hard days, definitely, but we managed to kind of get away with it. Um, but once our daughter Willow came along, It just showed all the cracks. We, it really stretched us, really showed where we weren't looking after ourselves, where we weren't looking after the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it just times everything by two. So it just, it felt a lot bigger. It felt a lot harder. Um, You know, you're stretched emotionally, physically, financially on another level. And you think because you've been through it once, oh, it's not going to be so hard the second time or, you know, and it's not so much that it's hard or easier. It's it's just another, it's a whole nother person. It's a whole nother person with a whole a whole load of other needs that you need to meet. Um, and we hadn't really prepared ourselves for it. Mm. Um, you know, other than preparing for the birth, which I think everybody, you know, puts yep. a bit of attention on, but yep. not like the aftermath of like the rest of your life with the <laughs> <your> child. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like we focus on, yeah, let's get them out. And then it's like, oh, now they're here. Like, why don't we focus on that part? Um, we were just, we were drifting apart, yeah. really drifting apart. There was a lot of frustration, a lot of misunderstanding it became harder to communicate because we not only had our son who's amazing but loves to talk like our son is such a good communicator so
3: I gets that been, from. yeah <laughs>
0: I know I, I was always like this is my fault <laughs> and now I have to deal with it Um which is awesome but then we were constantly being interrupted and He was not a great sleeper and then we added in a baby. So it just became harder to find time to connect, Mm -hmm. to talk about anything other than baby's bums, changing nappies, like who's cooking dinner, who's doing the shopping. It started to feel like roommates and it was uncomfortable for both of us. And I think we were both scared to even say that it felt like roommates Mm -hmm. because I think it's like this unspoken thing that, no one wants to feel like that in your relationship. Yeah. But, you know, part of why we shared it is that we want to normalize that, that that is part of what happens. Like when you have kids, your relationship completely changes and there is a death that needs to happen. There's a you need to let go of the old relationship and recreate something. And, and yeah, that's where we were. And I mm-hmm. think that kind of sums up how we both felt. But yeah, heaps of resentment yeah. as well so much resentment. Yeah. Yes, I think
1: we, um, I was going to say, can we get the resentment from you, Adam, because I reckon that is exactly what you experienced, was his words, Rufo's words. So, yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah, I think um, I just wasn't ready for it. You know how they say, like, some guys, the switch goes off mm. and you just go into father mode straight away? Yeah. I, I don't feel like I got that switch. I was still hanging on to the old life mm. and I was still trying to operate and I felt like my needs weren't being met in the new way in which I had to operate and I was constantly... You know, you, you have to give mm. a lot. Yeah. And my needs were being neglected. Yours were too. Yeah. And I guess that resentment then starts to build because your whole whole priority system has to change when, when you, mm. another baby comes along. And then like Aston said, the second one comes mm. along yeah. and the priorities are all different again. Um, and then you're further down the list. Um, so you're not doing all the things you used to do, taking care of yourself and the hobbies go out the window and the routines you had previously you know, the, the long hour reading a book or whatever goes out the window. Um, So I think for me, that was just the resentment was building. And I didn't know at that time, I didn't know how to communicate it. I didn't know how to turn it around. So
0: yeah. That was. You, and you, we didn't really have the space. We weren't creating the space for, to Adam to communicate the resentment to me. I knew he was resentful. I could feel it. You know, you can feel that energy when they look at you and you're like, there's no love in your eyes. It's just stress or just like anger or rage and really hurts. And I could feel that from Adam for a long time and you know I'm nurturing these babies I'm breastfeeding I'm getting up in the night I'm the one in the bed with them I was like I'm doing all the things like wh- you know how can you resent me but it I had to get a pl- get to a place we both had to get to a place of getting out of our own pain and suffering and seeking to understand like see I had to stop demanding that he see look what I'm doing you know you're not doing this why you know because I was in I was frustrated my needs weren't being met I was frustrated his needs weren't being met he was frustrated but we weren't listening to each other we were kind of just pointing the finger blaming each other that you know, you're not meeting my needs kind of thing when we actually needed to take radical self-responsibility that we weren't first meeting our own needs.
4: And weren't communicating to each other what they were. What they
0: were. Um, Because like everybody, what relationship class did you go to?
3: Yeah.
0: Zero. (laughs) What communication class did you go to? What friends of yours have constructive conversations like, oh, this is a shit we're going through and this is how we're working through it, like, you know, most of the conversations you hear is like the girls bagging out the guys and then the guys bagging out the girls. It's like so unhelpful, you know, (laughs) it's not constructive. Um, And then we just go, oh, yeah, mine's the same. Oh, hubby's the same or whatever. Or we think, oh, thank God, mine's not that bad, Um, you know, but it's not Uh helpful. It's not helpful. It doesn't, whereas if we're able to be vulnerable and go, yeah, I've actually totally been where you are and this is what we did to start remembering who Aston and Adam are, who Heidi and Griff are, you know, outside of the label of mom, dad, parent, like caregiver, like who are we outside of all those labels? And that's how you got together in the first place. You had that curiosity. I want to understand you. And, you know, we've been together 19 years. And so we got that into that rut of like, I know him. And he was like, you know, we know each other. I know everything about you. And we realised going through this, I don't know everything about you. There's so much that I hadn't seen. And actually having kids ended up being a beautiful opportunity to really crack our hearts open and get to know each other on a deeper level. And it really needed to be that challenging for us to rise to that challenge, I think, and... um And like, learn how to support each other through it because, Mm. again, we're not taught how to manage stress. We're not taught how to support our own nervous systems, let alone our partners. You know, we just kind of take what we've learned from our own parents, from conditioning, from events, and just, like, hope that it works. And we had a lot of codependencies Mm. that were not working. You know, we've been together such a long time, literally since teenagers.
3: Mm.
1: So
0: there was a lot of
1: Those codependencies are because I think that's something that, you know, I think many of us might like not realise it and then like
3: all
0: this might go off. Yeah, Yeah. well, we had so many and it was like an onion that we were constantly peeling back. Truly, we're still peeling it back and I Mm. think our goal is never to be perfect, like the perfect relationship doesn't exist, Mm. but we want to be real. And at that hard time where we got three years ago, Um, And we did question divorce for the first time. We'd never done that before. We didn't think that was us. We had to face that and that was uncomfortable because that has, you know, societal, conditional things around it too. Um, I remember coming to Adam and saying, you know, outside of all this stuff, I just want to experience the truest, realest version of me. And I really want that for you too, if that's what you want. And he was like, that feels so true. I just want to be real and true to who I am. I said, "Yeah, me too." And I really think all couples want this. And so that was the start. And then from that moment, we actually um, we started sitting in cacao ceremony. I don't know if you've heard, you know about ceremonial cacao, and oh, do you know? You might need to give him. Let's let's get grip on the ceremonial cacao. (laughs) I will never forget the day I. Got it for Adam. Funny story. I said to him, like, look, I'm sick of fighting. I'm sick of looking at each other through frustration and stress and anger and rage. Like, I was like, I don't even care about all the shit on the surface. It's not working. Like, I just miss you. I want to connect with you. So let's create space to deeply connect. And he was all like, yeah, deeply connect. Like, what is this? You know? And I was like, we're going to do ceremonial cacao. He's like, what is that? He's like, what, like hot chocolate? I was like, no, babe, it's it's way, it's way deeper than hot chocolate, but you know what, go with that. Um, I was still working at the time and I came home from work and it had arrived and we were in such a desperate place. I was like, do you want to just do it now? And he was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we turned the lights off. We got some candles. I said, we need to set an intention. I made it. Um, and then we sat down together and he still thought he was just drinking like some Cadbury's hot chocolate. He was like... Like a fancy
4: hot chocolate. He was like,
0: what is she on about? She's literally (laughs) lost it. We're going to sit and have a hot chocolate, do a little kumbaya, and then, like, she reckons we're going to be so deep. Anyway, from the first sip, and I was like, make sure you set your intention into the cup of, like, what you want. And from the first sip, he was like, what is this stuff? (laughs) He's (laughs) like, this is not hot chocolate. Do you you remember? Yeah, I remember it
4: vividly, yeah. And then it probably took about 20 minutes, but I I started to feel it. Working its magic, like if you if you don't if you drink it on an empty stomach, you can really feel it opening up all the blood vessels in your body. And I felt like this tingling in my brain. And if you look into the science behind it, it, it actually does do that in your yeah, body. It opens it up, it up all the arteries and blood vessels in your body, and you get more blood flowing through your body.
0: Yeah, and um, and I did a high dose, high dose ceremony.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I mean, it was just a beautiful space where we both could speak honestly. Yeah with no judgment Mm. about how we were feeling, what we're going through, all the resentment and just slowly allow it to bubble up without trying to fix each other. Yeah,
0: no trying to change each other because this is the biggest problem we see and we did it too because we're seeing it mirrored in parents and we live in a fix-it society that we go into each other's lanes. And that's how I describe it. As soon as you start to cross over, there's going to be a conflict. When you're in your partner's business, and it's not your business and as women like i know we care deeply but i did this so much i was so critical i was so i was coaching him i was all up in his space and griffs like yeah feel that thank you um and cuz i know heidi's like a sister after my own soul like we care so deeply we're like let me get in your soul and i'll work through this for you I, I want to take your pain I want to help you you know I care about Adam so deeply I know you care about grief so deeply that you would walk through the fire for him but we actually can't and that's that was the hardest thing for me to learn how to not walk through the fire for Adam and that was one of the codependency things that I was like enabling him not to grow I was I had a, t- a deep fear that like under the surface, that he, I didn't trust that Adam was going to grow with me. Mm. Growth is so important to me as a value. And I didn't trust that he was going to grow with me. And on a deeper level, when we sat in this ceremonial cacao, like all this stuff could come up and we had some ground rules, like, like Adam said, no trying to fix, no trying to control, no even like speaking. It was literally to hold space, deeply listen, and receive what this person, what they needed to share. And just in that energy, there was so much healing because we felt deeply validated, deeply understood, deeply seen, which every human being needs. Um, And we didn't need to fix it. Mm. We sometimes didn't even need a follow-up conversation because it was just like, and asking deeper questions and coming from a place of curiosity. I I really stress Mm. this with my clients. Like, be curious like our true nature is curiosity is like and that's the opposite of judgment so that really helped us to get curious and yeah and Adam's deeper fear that came out was that he feared that um, I would he would never be enough Mm. that I would never be able to accept him as he is and we actually had to have these tough conversations, which we really encourage people to have. And we had them in cere- you know, cacao ceremonials so that we felt safe to have them because I think safety is so important um, when opening up and sharing your heart. But I, um, we actually had to have this awkward conversation and moment where Adam actually asked me, can you accept me as I am? Will you ever be able to accept me as I am? And that moment three years ago, my truth was no. And I had to have the courage to be real with him and tell him the truth and watch his heart break in front of me. Um, But I had to get to that place because once I did, something shifted in both of us. We got to a core truth and literally just from that conversation, Mm. things opened up in me that I needed to heal, things opened up in Adam that he needed to heal, And they really do come back to a lot of those wounds that we experienced in childhood. You know, I'm not understood. I'm not loved. I'm not enough. um, I can't have what I want, all those things. And we did it religiously for a year, met every year, every night, once the kids were asleep, um, every year, every night for a year. Mm. Um, And each time different things would come up. And I would watch Adam slowly come out of his head and, and into his heart. And I was seeing this more vulnerable deeper side of him and and like I said we, we were asking each other questions so I started to get curious and ask Adam you know what does love mean to you what did
1: what did you say to that because that's
0: yeah and then I'd love to know what Christopher thinks too
4: <laughs> yeah well initially it was I'm just trying to remember now so long ago it's do you remember what it was now yeah mine, mine was to be taken care of mm. so I was in a relationship to be taken care of so it's almost like I was looking for a mum
0: yeah
1: Is your love language gifts? If so, Kitchen Language has the gifts that are sure to make your partner giggle. So we are very serious in this relationship series and we are uncovering playfulness as we dive into our relationship and give you front row seats. And our sponsors are kitchenlanguage.com.au. Use the promo code LOVE for free shipping. But just jump on and stalk the fuck out of Kitchen Language for your next gift because this one I just said to Grupo would be the perfect one. We actually don't have this one yet but I'm I'm thinking it might be a goer. Uh, so their aprons start at $39. How would you feel if I rocked up with a bitch can bake apron?
2: Well, I actually feel like you're starting to you know fall into that category. You really are excelling. So that is going to be maybe your birthday present.
1: And you're not saying that in a patronising way. For no, those who don't no. know, I was never great at cooking or I didn't love it and I'd much prefer to order Uber Eats. But in the last six months, just tell everyone how I've stepped up. I was going to say, game.
2: six or 12 months ago, I would have said that and it would have been patronizing. But no, you've <laughs> picked your game up and you know, you are deserving. Uh, You're
1: deserving.
2: Deserving of Bitch Can Bake.
1: And I think the flaming fucking legend, Apron, as well.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, if you want to jump on and just have a laugh, I promise you, you'll walk away with a gift for your partner kitchenlanguage.com.au and don't forget to use the promo code love and you will get
0: free delivery. That made so much sense to me in that moment. I was like, well, that's why I feel like the whole world is on my shoulders and why everything is on me and I'm serving, 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 giving, 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 meanwhile, feeling really resentful and exhausted. And once Adam said that, even he was like, yeah, that doesn't feel like love. Yeah and for
4: mm. me obviously i went through a long process of realizing that that links back to my trauma from childhood. Mm. Yeah, we all have these traumas and and i was able to then recognize mine and and do some some work on healing that.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: Very relatable. Like mm. you know, a lot of what you just said I feel we're going through all <laughs> that,
3: like, that. like it's all like cool.
2: and i think yeah. we get so fixated on focusing on your partner's wrongdoings.
3: Yes. It's
2: just so pathetic when you stop and digest it. You go, why don't I focus on the good things that they do? Because there's so many. But you those tiny, small, shitty things that they do is what you focus on and you push all the good stuff. So straight away you create that tension because yeah. you just oh, they never appreciate all this good stuff that I do. And yeah. we're and uh, you know, we're doing a lot of work at the moment. And it is just stopping to just think from the other person's perspective. Yeah. And just, you know, yeah. But you know what? There's always two sides, and you can probably see both sides. You don't have to agree with them, but you can Mm. understand where they're coming from.
0: Yeah, Uh, and the resentment mm -hmm. piece is huge. Like, it took a long time for me to not feel resentment from Adam. You know, he there was a lot he'd been harbouring that he hadn't been sharing with me, and it really hurts. Like, I remember just, like, saying to him, I don't feel it anymore, thank God, and I'm so grateful that I can feel the love when I look in his eyes now. But... I had to be able to hold space for that resentment and stop making it about me and just be like, okay, like, tell me about it, get curious about it. Like, there were times where I would, you know, because we all create different meanings. This is the thing. We all, we're meaning making machines. So I could say something and it mean nothing to me. But it means something to Adam and vice versa for you guys. And a lot of the time, we're just so in our own experience and we think everyone thinks the same as us. We think they believe the same as us. And that's why we started to, what helped us break down that resentment was asking these questions like, Mm. what does a relationship mean to you? What does success mean to you? You will like discover what drives your partner because you know what, meaning they're creating. And that meaning will determine whether it's healthy or working for your relationship or not. It's not even about right or wrong. That's what we learn. Like, we have to constantly readjust our meanings to get the outcome that we want. It's just whether that meaning is serving you or not. And, you know, having a meaning of love is being taken care of isn't terrible as a child, but as a 30-odd-year-old man who then needs to take care of other children, it's kind of not really um, ideal. Um, You know, and that it worked when we had one child because I could kind of do it, you you know. Yeah, Yeah. and also, like, the thing is I, one of the patterns I was enabling there is it met a need for me. I wanted to be needed. So it's never that one of you, you're both playing into the pattern and as soon as one of you sees the pattern and starts to dissolve it and the whole thing is just stopping having the awareness for me it was like okay taking a breath putting my hand in my heart or like I'd feel myself closing to Adam and my body would physically start to shut down and I would have to tell myself crack open Aston pull those shoulders back and we had several awkward moments I remember in the kitchen of me being like just speaking out with vulnerability I want to close to you right now, Adam, like that's really pissed me off, but I love you and I'm choosing to love you right now. So I'm opening and it's hurting, but I'm going to crack open and I'm going to see your perspective and I'm going to, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay. And like, I'm going to listen. And it was very mechanical for me initially, because I was so used to just closing, shutting him out, calling him names, you know, and And Adam's love language is praise. So when I used to call him a dickhead or something like that, it really cut deep, you know, whereas for me, that's not one of my love language. So it wasn't, it didn't feel. So I started to understand and unravel, okay, this is all the moments where the resentment is coming from and how I'm playing into it. Um, It started to make sense why he felt resentful. Oh, I feel like, again, we're both like nodding, just going, yes, this is
1: exactly how. Oh, yeah, we had one of those awkward moments. <laughs> we literally had the vulnerability share on the couch just this morning, you know, yes. where we listened to each other and it actually felt so nice in that energy, didn't it? But yes, I guess for me, I want to know, like, you know, you went from housemates to going to cacao ceremonies to you know, Aston, you cracking your heart open, Adam, like speaking his truth and hearing, you know, fuck, actually, that's how I live my life. But where did you get to, you know, because that was three years ago, what are some really simple steps that couples could start to, you know, that are hearing this right now, even us that could go like, yeah, I can implement this, try and implement this on
0: the daily. Like, what are some takeaways? Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, there's so much, yeah. um, but I would.
4: And it's always what we've seen is it's always different for everyone because everyone yeah. has the thing that works for them. They're working through a different trauma, but there is some fundamentals. I think Aston already touched on it and that's awareness. Mm. So it's, aware. it's just asking more questions. Why am I feeling this way? Instead yeah. of thinking about everything and thinking about all the resentment, like just checking with your body. Yeah. What am yeah. I feeling right now? And you just get really curious. The more, yeah. the more times you ask that throughout the day. Especially when you're having these interactions and you're feeling like a really charged emotion, mm. the more curious you get, the more answers you'll get.
0: Yeah. And I think the key for us and for everyone, you've got to take radical self responsibility. Yeah. It's not your fault, it's nobody's fault, but take your power back. Like you're helpless when you're, and I did this for ages, so I can't even judge you. I was, he needs to change. He needs to do this. He, you know really, that's the biggest sign that you need to work on yourself. Um, And that's what I had to learn that, you know, I could, as our willow, that I could wait for him to change, or I could take my power back. And, you know, if you're a woman, and you're listening, or a man, and your partner's not, you know, on board, because I, we also, like, I started the work before Adam. So, because he wasn't quite ready. And I don't believe in pushing people to get, than where you want them to be. And this is the biggest frustration in relationships, being okay with the fact that we're all at different points and where you're meant to be is where you're meant to be, working through what you're meant to be working through. So me and Adam, you know, the whole thing of getting on the same page is actually allowing you both to be on the page that you're on because you don't get to the same page by forcing or pulling the other one to your page. You get them there by allowing them to go on their journey and go through their step or their process, and it's going to be different to you. So the best thing you can do for your relationship is to take radical self-responsibility for yourself. Ask that question, am I being my best self? It's no one's fault. It's it's just uh, to take responsibility. That's all it is, to take your power back. However you're behaving on the surface, like we can try and change all those surface things, give you all the strategies, give you the communication tools, they work, but they don't last if you don't look at the belief. You know, what am I believing about men? What am I believing about women? You know, Adam discovered that he actually didn't trust women on a deeper level,
3: Mm.
0: you know, so but only discovered that from me asking that question and getting curious, what do you believe about women? Mm. And he realised, oh, there's actually a bit of a lack of trust there. And then that was his work to tend to that. Um, And I could support him in that by then working on my mother wound and my sister wound as well, you know, because we all have them in the unconscious ways that we treat each other. But asking yourself, what am I believing? And especially with the resentment, what story am I telling? Because resentment is like a lens, it's a it's a lens. You don't see what's in front of you. You see through the story you're telling. So for like Griff, if you're feeling resentful, a strategy on the outside is to look what look for what's working. But to do it from the inside would be okay. What story am I telling when I'm looking into Heidi's eyes? Adam's story when he was looking into my eyes was she's a bitch. She's going to tell me she's going to complain about it again. Oh, this isn't good enough. She hates it when I does when I do this. Yeah you know the the story the narrative on the inside was always so negative so it didn't matter what i did on the outside he saw me through that lens once he started to tend to that story and just notice oh there's that story okay thank you that's one part of who she is but i want to i want to tell a new story and just start to write a new story one you can believe you know like she's trying she's doing her best um she's she's listening you know just things you can believe you don't have to go from she's the this horrible human being to I'm like not she's not at all <laughs> but we do we all oh, no, tell stories oh. about each other we are we tell so many less. stories yeah. and then we then that's the lens that we see each other through so if you tend to the story then the lens of resentment will change. You change the story and you'll see a different woman in front of you or you'll see a different man and you have power over that, you know. Like, yes, we want to meet each other's needs in the relationship. That's the other thing. I would ask yourself, what what, are you meeting your own needs? Mm. So many of the frustrations in relationships is we're expecting our partner to meet all of our needs and it's impossible, the answer is to put yourself first and meet your needs, even find out what your needs are. So many couples don't know what their needs are, especially if you've been in the trenches of kids for like three to five years like we have, you forget you even have needs. Like I That's remember it. we we yeah. said to each other one day, we don't have fun anymore. What What does fun mean to you? And we were like, I don't even know. I don't know how to have fun anymore. What was fun to me, you know, 10 years ago or even a couple of years ago isn't fun to me now. So we had to bring back that conversation and that openness of questioning and curiosity, like what is fun to you, you know, Um, and then start to create it. The last thing I would say is I do think we all need to change our priority system. So many of us put work or kids before our partner or before ourselves. And this is really where the problem starts. And we did it too, so we can't judge you, but I'm telling you the fastest way to get out of this is to make yourself and your partner a priority again because Mm -hmm. that's the foundation. You know, everything comes through that. If if you're not solid in yourself, if you're not solid with your partner, you, you can't create something beautiful. And I get why people put their kids and work first. I hear from men all the time, you know, but if I'm working, if there's money, then they're happy. Like I'm providing, I'm pleasing her. And I'm like, but are you really pleasing her? Ask her if she's happy. You know, there's another part of you that she wants to experience that is a security, that is a safety, and it doesn't mean money, work, and a house. It means that you know how to hold space for her, that you can be present for her, um, that you can communicate, that you can spend quality time together. And so many men forget that. They haven't been taught that by their own fathers, so they don't know. And we're in a new way of relationship. Like What we're demanding from relationships now is not what past generations demanded from relationships. You know, we're needing our men to be our girlfriend because we don't see our girlfriends. We need to talk to you about everything. Um, can you do face masks with me? Can you earn lots of money? Can you help me with the kids? Can we conscious parent together? Like the demands on relationships now are just next level. You know, we almost need there needs to be five of us for the roles we're asking of it. So what we have found is you meet your own needs, you know, you get what they are, then you make the relationship a priority, you tend to the relationship, meet those needs, you then have energy to give the kids, to give work, and then everything wins. Mm. That That is a healthier system and it just requires a switch from the inside. Men are waiting for permission to have, we call it like time to empty. You know, men need to empty and women need to fill up and if we don't do that, we can't be our best selves for each other.
1: I love know? that analogy. Like men need to empty and women need to fill out because that's exactly what I feel like is like, I need to go let loose of the boys and just yeah. talk. He just start, needs to empty, just empty, empty. And then there is me where I'm like, I need to go away for a weekend and not talk to anyone and I need yes. you to, to, to love me and I need you to do all these things. And like, you know, it's just so, yeah, I love that analogy. And I know um, you wrote an incredible article with Mama Mia, which just spoke so many beautiful ideas and sparked so many ideas like you shared today. So I'm going to chuck that in show notes as well. Um, I know you've got little Willow on your lap, Adam. Ready, like, choose me, yes. choose me. It's my time. Um, do you have any um, words of wisdom, Adam, to drop in afterwards? I know Aston has absolutely smashed it. I feel like all all of us are like ready to go. Like, fuck yeah, I'm going to take on my relationship. Yes,
0: <laughs> do it. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I feel I could and- hear. Heal the world if we all do that. Oh, you're one
1: yeah. of girl. But and, um, Adam just sits there and listens to you like Griffo does to me when you
0: get on your, like, power. Like, And woo. he loves it now, whereas when he was resentful, he used to hate it. Mm. You know, he'd be like, man, when is she going to shut up? Now he's like he loves that because the thing is when we do that, our oxytocin is increasing. Yep. That's what a feminine woman needs. Your chest gets hot. Like Adam realised all he had to do is deeply listen. Don't even take it in like Griff, it doesn't even need to get under your skin. You don't, you can be anywhere without telling her, just have your body there and like, just be like solid in your body. Like I, I've got this, it can slide off my back. And once Adam learned how to do that, he was always amazed that he'd talk. And then sometimes he'd even go, is there any more babe? And I'd be like, God, that's so hot! Like, you know, and then and then I'd just be like, actually, no, I just want to kiss you. I just want to hug you. Like, thank you. You're so amazing. And he's like, can't believe how long it took me to learn how to do this. Like, it's so (laughs) So powerful. Uh, Um, He was
1: watching very intently before, and I was like, yeah, you go. It's uh,
0: (laughs) it's such a turn on. It's like (laughs) to feel that scene and like to like honoured and adored and Mm. um. Yeah, and it's really not about when you get to that place, it's not about better than or, you know, it's like we, I totally, I love and adore Adam's ability to hold that space and the way he can hold silence and it can say way more than my 20,000 words a day, you know, because women do. They need they speak about 20,000, whereas men speak about seven. And there's differences in men and women that we do need to learn about and to stop kind of like making each other yeah, I was trying to make him yeah. a woman. He was trying to make me a man. We were talking to each other like we were men and women and then wondering why, like, there was no chemistry, no polarity, yeah. no passion. Well, because we were talking to each other like like I was basically saying that he needed to be a girl and and he doesn't need to be like that. He yeah. can be himself and hold that space. Yeah. Um, but there were skills we had to learn. Yeah. We, yeah.
4: yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was the journey from my head to my heart.
0: Mm.
4: and this is a journey we all have to go on but for some for some people it's a lot easier than others I know Aston was always in her heart um for me it was a huge journey Mm -hmm. and they do there is a famous saying the longest journey you ever take is the journey between you know from your head to your heart Mm. even though it's such a short space physically it's it's, it can be a long journey and for me it was a hard process but it was it was a combination of cacao Mm. awareness curiosity but also some physical things like meditation was really helpful for me and breath work was a huge one because in the process of breath work, um, I, I love to be physical. I love to exercise. And, and so the breathing for me was really hypnotic
3: mm.
4: and it helped to shut down my conscious thoughts and all the garbage that was in there, all the old beliefs which weren't serving me, and it got me into the subconscious and and I could feel the emotion in my body. Mm. And I had a really huge cathartic release several times actually and just released all that stored baggage that was stuck in there.
3: Yeah.
4: And that really helped to build that connection to my heart so I could be more present. Mm. I could feel my emotions and actually then communicate them instead of just stuffing down you know mm. years worth of trapped emotion. Th- it's really balancing the masculine and feminine mm. and bringing them back in alignment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we had to do a lot of work on that. And yeah. and coming back to the heart is the key because there's no separation there. You can't have compassion from your mind. No. There's always going to be separation. There's always going to be like a judgment or something like that. In the heart, there isn't. You can forgive. Like you can't forgive from your head. You can only forgive from your heart. You can only have compassion from your heart. You can only love from your heart. Like it you you must make that journey into your heart. And not just for yourself for your relationship, it's for yourself, you know, because then you're more connected to yourself. And you can only deeply connect to your partner as much as you've deeply connected to yourself. And this is what I see so often. Couples are like, I want a deep conversation with him. He's so surface level or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool. How deeply connected are you to yourself? How willing are you to be vulnerable with yourself? And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we need to get out of our minds, get out of our own way, and just, just share that real, that real part of ourselves that maybe was rejected as a child because that's why we're all hiding it,
3: mm.
0: you know, I but you've, you've chosen this person and I really see relationships as such an incredible opportunity to grow. Yeah. The challenges, the conflict, bring it, you know, my <laughs> that's how I feel. I think everyone should have that relationship to it. So many people avoid conflict as if, oh, if we're fighting, it's not working, if we're arguing, oh, we we mustn't be right for each other, we live in this culture of it must be a sign, we need to get a divorce. And I'm like, it's a sign that something needs to change. That's mm. what it is. And maybe that's a change in you, maybe that's a change in your partner, but it's our relationship has been our greatest catalyst for growth mm. um, ever. What you're going through in your relationship, it might have shitty wrapping paper. You know, it's like a present with shitting, ra- shitty wrapping paper. But open the wrapping paper and there'll be gold in there. Yes. You know? Open it. Open it. Open it up. Get in. Like, you know this, Heidi. This is the real work. I was, you. like, about to do, like, a big round of applause, like, get the wrapping paper. Yes. <laughs> this is the real work, you know. Oh, and, it is.
1: And, like, this is why, I mean, you're, you're a powerhouse in, you know, sharing your truth and like i could sit here and talk to you all day long like i feel I, that about you as well yeah. like mutual respect i mean it when i'm like soul <laughs> I'm,
3: sister <laughs> i i
1: really like so much resonated for me how did you feel babe
2: yeah very much so like i said it's it sounds like a very common scenario within relationships but it's the people that do the work are the ones that come out on top Said yeah. uh, yeah. to said done but you know like i said we just want to be loved and we want to yeah. love
0: yeah We'll never stop doing the work now. Like that was, we get that we need to keep doing the work. There's always more. We'll always keep the curiosity. We'll never stop dating. We date every week. I think you need to have quality time together. Um, Like if you're not being intimate, you're not talking, literally create the space in your calendar. Like I don't care about the excuses. Do not use your children as an excuse. Use them as a reason. That's what we had to do. You know, we were showing up as shitty parents. (laughs) Because and we were going, oh, it's for our kids, you know, like doesn't make sense. So we were like, no, mm-hmm. put them in daycare, come home early, or like even like it can gets to be so easy. We love our mornings at the moment. We get up, the kids have their breakfast, they watch their shows. We're outside, we have and we live for getting up and sitting with each other outside and just having our breakfast together. We have these deep, beautiful conversations. We literally said the other day that's the favorite, our favorite part of our day at the moment is is going and doing that.
1: Well, we all want to get to a place with where you guys are. Where can we find information on YouTube so that we can follow you? I'll chuck it all in the show notes yes. as well. Yeah,
3: Inst- Instagram's
0: probably the best way to find me. Um, I'm on Instagram. Everything's pretty much on my page. Um, but we also have a free um, we have a free mini relationship course. So if if anyone wants it, I can send it to you. Yes. It's five we'll days yeah, um, we we'll have it in the show notes. So yeah, yeah five fast day fast. free thing, um, packed with value. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we're we're really passionate and committed that we don't want people to suffer like we did in silence, and we want like you guys, people to have these conversations and realize it's totally normal. You're not failing. You don't suck. Like you're not broken. You don't even need fixing. You know, we just we've all just got some feeling and healing to do. Like that's it. You know, and. Um, And that's what relationships are. Like relationships aren't about logic. They're about emotion. I really hope anyone listening just feels like inspired and it's got that fire in you to like not give up on love, not give up on your relationship and just see it as a beautiful opportunity like we did. You know, we didn't know whether we'd stay together or not and really it doesn't matter. That It doesn't matter whether you start to do the work and you stay together or not. You're both going to evolve. You'll either evolve together as a couple and recreate your relationship or you'll evolve as people, you know, individually.
1: I love you. We could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for joining us on First Time Parents. Adam. thank you for having having us. us. You
0: guys guys rock. Um, We love you guys. You're amazing.